For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, it's Mitch from Eyes on Isles. You're about to listen to a show where we forget to make a huge tease for a huge announcement. So stay tuned to the end of the show where we have a big announcement related to Eyes on Isles content coming straight at you. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 56. Yeah, I'm going to stop you there. Is it 56? Because Lou apparently doesn't like big numbers, right? So we, we had oh, someone boy, on the Twitter. Uh, I wanted to make sure I, I, I got the proper shout out. At GBrew34 saying you're not allowed to name the episodes over number 30 per Lou. So do, what do you got to do? Reboot so it? We go anything below. We can't go above 30. So we're at number 26. Or I do guess. we stick with 56? Huh? I don't know. Is this like 26 season two? We can't just skip like 26 shows. You can't do that to us, Lou. Right at the middle of the of, of our running. See, can't do it. This, this is why I talked about last week why it was so dumb. <laughs> and that I hate it. For personal reasons. For my own personal reasons, yes. Okay, well, I, I was prepared with two numbers then, depending on where you wanted to go with this. All right. Well, I didn't even get my our names out, so we just talked, oh. and they have no idea who we are. I'm Matt O'Leary speaking, and he is Mitch Anderson. He has a habit of interrupting, but it's fine. We still love him. <laughs> Mitch, who do you got for number 56? 56, I have Tanner Fritz. You didn't go with Islanders legend Taylor Beck? I, you know, no, clearly not. I didn't go with Islanders legend Taylor <laughs> Beck. <laughs> that's who I was going to go with. Well, that's fair. That's good. There are a lot of okay choices. Not okay choices. Like, There's... low on the totem pole choices. But whenever I clicked on them, I was like, they played four games but scored two points or six games and four points. And you're going, that's a pretty good return for what they did. <laughs> yeah, for in their minimal sample size. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. All right. Uh, and then if we went 26, you go. you have to go Hosang. That's why I thought you might want to go with 26 oh. because it is Hosang. Okay, I get it. Mm. Go with my brand, the Hosang. That's right. I know you. Fanboy. Very good. Mitch, 
Let's jump into it because we actually have like semi some hockey to talk about as you actually open your beer without spilling this week. Yes. Impressive Thank stuff. You. Training camp. Oh, yes. Training camp is starting actually as we speak even. I think the game is still no, going on in the third period. It's over. Islanders prospects lost, correct? We could save that for the end, but yes. Yes. We'll save it for not the end, but before we get to the questions, let's talk about the, the prospect yeah. games today. We'll talk about the prospect games, but tra- the point is training camp is opening, yes, and and you had some questions that you wanted to talk about. You did it in an article. Now we're going to bring it to the audio form in the podcast, so why don't you hit us with some of the biggest questions heading into training so camp? So my biggest questions heading into training camp were, one, is Dennis Seidenberg actually going to make this team? Because he's on a PTO. And we could probably add Lucas Spiza to that, That's too. That's right. Lucas Spiza has now been declared on the PTO. Uh, so clearly Lou's looking to potentially fill that number seven defenseman slot with a veteran. Um, I hate yeah, it. Who, who wouldn't? But if we're going with the themes from previous episodes where healthy competition is healthy, I don't mind it. Again, it's a PTO. It's a PTO. It's not any sort of affirmation or confirmation that said player is making the team. It's just kind of we're giving them a look. I get it, but it's still like, come on! It's so it's so simple, yeah. right? Can you play Taze on the bottom pair, and then you could pick out of a hat whichever one, either Mayfield or Pellick gets to be the seventh guy. Yeah. And like, I understand Dennis Seidenberg was a, was a what's the word I want to look for here? It's a, a valiant servant over the last two years, but the guy put up five points in twenty eight games last year, and like that, it's not just about production with him either. It's he was well below where he needed to be. And that's what happens with, the, what is he, 37? He's 37. It looked like he had cinder blocks strapped to his skates last year. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I don't like going down that road and criticizing someone for being three years older than I am. <laughs> but he was, <laughs> he was sluggish, yes. And that, that happens. Again, he's 37. It, it happens. And, and that's why he's on a PTO. But... Even that, you're going, let's say he makes it. What kind of contribution is Dennis Seidenberg going to give at best? Um, none. Yeah, and, and can it be better than what Devin Taves can give us at best? No. No, no. I'd rather give the 24 the chance any day of the exactly. week. Exactly. I don't think anyone would, would, would argue that. But what do you say with Spiza? So he wasn't too bad last year. Like, how old do you think Lucas no. Pisa is? He's 28. How did you know that? Oh, yeah, you wrote the article, of course. Dang it. I, I, to catch you. I wrote about it. So that one, I know, you tried to get me, but that one's not as bad, but he's still not a very good player. His possession numbers were poo. On, on a pretty good team. 43.8, it was better than Dennis Seidenberg. Yeah, but look, look at who we're comparing. Yes, it to. I know. Yeah, you're right. Like, what was Pellix, who could potentially be the seventh D-man? Like, probably higher 40s? I don't think it was above 50. I don't know. There are very few players. 47.9. There are very few players who had above 50. There you go. Right? Wouldn't you rather roll with that? Like, you know what he is. He's been in your system for a long time. You now you know what Pellick and Mayfield are. Yeah. I don't want to go with Spiza, who I don't know as much about. He's older, and I'd rather give it to someone who comes 
relatively cheap too. Both of those guys in Mayfield and Pellick less make less than two million dollars. So that's where I was thinking as well. Like, how much are you gonna have to pay? Say, we know you're not gonna have to pay much for um, for Seidenberg. You're probably gonna even be able to give him a, a minimum deal, probably. But you can't give Spies a, a minimum deal. You might, but like it seems harder to justify. He had a better I, year. He's still young enough. Yeah, but if no one else signed him, like what was he gonna do? Say no. That's true. Like the same thing with Robin Leonard. That's why he got one and a half million dollars because no one was knocking on his door. That's true. You're right. Uh, I I'm completely with you. You 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 give Taves the, the spot. You have to. I understand. It's training camp. You have a spot up for grabs. You don't want to just have complacency set in. So you have you bring in guys that you probably wouldn't wouldn't mind having around and are going to push your guys a little bit further. So you, your eyes are clearly set on Taze, but if he underperforms, then you got guys that could potentially step in. I would still give it to Taze even if he underperforms. He would have to have like the most awful camp possible to give it to Spiezer or Seidenberg. Agreed. And I wanted to hit on this with Spiza because while you were vamping, I was looking up some information. His numbers were a little bit misleading, especially come the playoffs. He was really bad in the playoffs for Vegas. He played in 12 games, and he had 12 turnovers. Yeah, that's not good. That's not, that's no. not good. Especially for a and guy I who's think- not necessarily a puck carrier, right? Like I'm sure he does carry the puck, but he's not like a Barzal or Taze puck carrier, or Taze, Tavares puck carrier, who... Average or close to average uh, a turnover a game. Right, and he only had two takeaways, so it's it, like yeah. the ratio is not where you want it to be. No, no, no. no. Um, so that that's the question: is is Seidenberg going to be the number seven D for the Islanders? He shouldn't. He should not. I don't no. mind them giving him giving him a look, um, but I really hope. I really, I really hope he doesn't. Because if he does. There's going to be a lot of questions about the structure of the team if he makes this this roster. Like people are going to start questioning Lou. Someone asked, "What is it? Two or three weeks ago, one of the pitchforks come out. If Seidenberg makes the team, someone's going to be starting lighting. Someone's going to light some gas somewhere." Yeah, you're right on there. Dead on the money. Uh, okay, so question two was, does Kovar belong in the NHL? Okay, I don't think we could answer that one just yet. I think we have to to see. We're, we're going right? to need a yeah, well. So most of the well, the biggest answer. Sorry, how do I say this? I'm stumbling over my words. Uh, we're not going to be able to answer is he any good until a full eighty-two game sample. But we can answer if he belongs. If he has a good training camp. If he's if he can keep up with everyone, then that then he he belongs and he'll probably earn a spot. Where that spot is, I think it'll be center. Right. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We both kind of like looked at each other and shrugged there <laughs> for those for everyone listening. But the, that's the thing. Like they have so many forwards. Like I feel like something has to happen. I'm still holding out hope that there's a trade or something happens. But they have a lot of bottom six forwards. I know that's the thing. Like I, I don't know what they're gonna. How can you possibly justify having this many? I know we've done this a million times. This yeah, talk, we're gonna get just, to it. I think even a little bit later. Let me just check my questions here. Uh, yeah, we're going to get to it a little bit later in the questions segment of the show. So let's just save that for now. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I think that question will be answered in training camp. And he doesn't have to do anything like crazy, like score a bunch of goals. No, but no. just to show like he belongs on the ice with other NHL players. Like he keeps up. He's 
not turning the puck over a million times, yeah. not getting, you know, bashed into the boards and losing puck battles and stuff like that. Yeah. His compete level's got to be high. He's got to be able to be accountable. Uh, what is it? Responsible and hard to play against. That's what Barry is looking for. Barry and Luke are looking for. If you can do those things and keep up and add some production, that's fine. That, that, that's a lot. Arguably, that is a lot of things, right? Yeah, three. it's three of those things are all pretty uh, specific, yeah, too. But that's why they're giving him $2 million. That's a lot of money. So true. It is. They obviously believe in him. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, I guess we can't really get escape from the uh, the roster talk. Um, Bellas and Hossein, can they make it? Yeah, I know. I want them to, but I don't know if there's going to be space for them. Yeah, so... I think they're both ready, but I just don't... There's so many veterans right now. So let's just talk about how ready they are and save the who's in and who's out if they do for later because we have that question later on in the program. Sure. So can do they have the potential? Is is what do they have to do to make it? Let's just say that. How, what do they have to do to make it? Have a phenomenal camp uh score, show that they're top 6 f- forwards, which I think like if you started this team like from scratch almost and said, "Okay, if I had to pick my lineup and then everyone else goes, like the co- like contracts don't matter. I think both the guys make the roster, but that's not how it works. No, obviously not. Um, I'm not. I'm really not sold on Bellows. I really don't think he's going to make the team this year. Um, he played in the in the WHL last year. Yeah, he put up 74 points, but it's still the WHL. And yes, you can tell me. Well, Matthew Barzal came from the WHL and he was fantastic. Ah. Uh, there's just a different level of domination from Matthew Barzell in the WHL last like two years ago than there was with Matt, with um, Kiefer Bellows. I get. I don't think that's fair to an extent because they both play different style of games. Where Barzell can dominate a full game, where uh, Bellows is more of just like a goal scorer. Right, but that's what I mean. So the trend, the the, the um, what's the word? I'm, the transition from the WHL to the NHL is a lot easier for someone who can dominate a game, whereas someone who's Arguably one-dimensional, and I'm only saying one-dimensional as in because you've, you've labeled him as a goal scorer. Um, the transition okay. is, is obviously harder from WHL to NHL. So he, he hasn't True. played against guys older than him, right? Like he's maybe, maybe there's a few guys older, but they're around his age within a few years. In the AHL, he's going to be playing against 25, 28, 30, 35-year-old players, like some wily vets uh, and some big bodies. So it's a it's a whole different game. Does it matter though if their skill set's not as good as his? Oh, well, if he stands out, but that's the thing is that their skill set and their experience is obviously more or higher than that of the WHL. Okay, I think that's fair. So I I, I I'm really I'm almost yeah I'm gonna say I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure um, Bellows plays in the AHL no matter what even if he has a really good camp he plays in the AHL next year. For the whole year, or do you think he gets a shot at some point? Well, if injuries happen, and, and they certainly do, um, to a top six player, keep in mind, if Matt Martin goes out with injury, they're not going to call up Kiefer Bellows for him. No, we'll get Tanner Fritz again. Or someone <laughs> yeah, like unfortunately, but you don't you don't put Bellows on the fourth line, right? That's what happened with Nino Niederreiter. We don't need to do that all over again. No, I really don't want to live through that again. So, 
the and then it comes to Hosang. It really seems like the seas are starting to part, not starting, but are parting for Hosang. It really does. Where it's it almost feels to me like it's his spot to lose. What spot? I have no idea, but it seems like he has a spot to lose, in my opinion. I don't know if you're getting this vibe, but I think Barry Trotz loves Hosang. I'm not getting that vibe. I'm getting that he likes him and he sees potential, but love, I, where do you get that from? I, the way the types of players that he was describing and today when – or, well, it was yesterday, but I wrote about it today where he was saying that he wants players to play their own game. He doesn't want to change players. Like, who is he talking about in that? It's obvious. Yeah, okay, with that specific statement, probably. But I think it was in a grander um, statement along, I, I'm i going to play to players' strengths. Like, I don't expect Casey Zekas to start putting a 40 points. I want him to be that four-checking presence who can put in 25 to 30 points and kill penalties. I want him to excel at the things that he generally excels at. Um, but you're right, you, you take that into a Hosang angle going like, I don't care as much about your defensive game. We can work on that, and we can minimize your deficiencies through a system. Just just yeah. create some offense, please. Which I think you can, because he's shown that he can at the NHL level two years in a row. Yeah, yeah exactly. So do you feel like it's his spot to lose, or do you feel like he's got a spot already? It sounds like you're kind of, he's already got a spot. No. I know that that is crazy. Hear me out for a okay. second. Okay, all right. I think, I think he loves Hosang, but I don't know if there's a spot for him because they have a million and a half veterans in front of him right now who are on no movement clauses and modified no trade clauses who are signed to big deals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trade protections. Oh, boy. Like, Valtteri Filpula isn't going anywhere. You're stuck with yes. him. Jan Kovar. Uh, no, Kovar, not Kovar. No, excuse me. You're thinking Komarov. I, I meant Komarov. I always do that. Komarov for four years. <laughs> like the, these, the, these people are here for this year. Those two that I just listed are guaranteed to be wow. here. And if you're going to play, Kovar has a modified no trade where I think it's only ten teams that you can't trade him to. Yeah, but you just signed him, and he has a four years I know, at, I know. at twelve million dollars. He's gonna play. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna. Wow, well, yeah, yeah. No, it's, Mitch, it's hard I to know see. You him love not to put him on your scr- You love to put him on your scratch pad, but Mitch, he is going to play. You don't pay someone twelve million dollars and say you're gonna be a healthy scratch. I would love if they did. I would love if but they the, did. I but know. I, I, know I would saying. too. I know. He's gonna play. Yeah, I know. Way to ruin my night. I'm gonna drink this I'm, beer. I'm sorry, Mitch. Why don't you talk to Lou Lamarillo? Get him on the phone and say, "Phone and say, Lou, Done. what the hell is going on?" Oh wait, I can't. Long distance. I'm too cheap for that. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what's holding you back. <laughs> I am cheap, but yeah, yes, that's the thing that's holding me back. So those are my three questions: Seinenberg PTO, does he make the team? Kovar, does he belong in the NHL? And can Bellows and Hosang, or Bellows or Hosang, make the team this year? Those are my three biggest questions. For the training camp. Do you have one outside of that? Uh, yeah, I okay. do. Uh, which version of Robin Leonard are we Ooh. getting? I, I, oh God. I want the one from two years ago, obviously. Me too. But I think we're going to get a mix. Exactly. Which is kind of you a take- push answer, right? Because you can't say, I want the Robin Leonard between this year and last year and two years, sorry, last year and two years ago, because that didn't exist. 
but that's what we're both saying. Yeah, it's a generic answer, but I think it gives you something around like a 914 and like a yeah. 255 goals against average, maybe. I'd say between 910 to 915 and a 250 to 270. Something yeah, like is, that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And that's all we need right now. We just need stability, average, mediocre. That's fine right now because we have some other guys that can that, that can rise above that. So like a Matthew Barzal, like an Anders Lee, like a Jordan Eberle, and, and some other guys on the top six that you get them going. Okay, well, we have our guys doing the, the, the bare, not the bare minimum, but the absolute average. We have a baseline of we're middle tier, and then we have some guys that help us incrementally rise above that. Well, now you're starting to hit up in, in playoff territory because remember – 16 out of the 31 teams make the playoffs. So more than half the league makes the playoffs. That's true. And in the Eastern Conference, I think you have a shot yes. of competing. I'm not saying that the Islanders are going to be a playoff team, but if you get everyone to say like, okay, just play to your hockey reference page, what do you <laughs> normally do every single year? And then like, okay, Barzal, you grow. Beauvillier, you grow. Lee and Bailey, you show that you can still play without Tavares, and then maybe you're around 90 points, mm-hmm. and that's roughly a playoff You're getting team. there. You're getting pretty darn close. Like You're definitely knocking on the door. And listen, the the Atlantic division isn't going to be very good this year. Like Toronto, sure. So Toronto, Boston, Tampa make the playoffs easily. That That's an easy statement. And then there's Montreal, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Florida. Florida might make it. Florida's going to cause some trouble, but then you still have four teams there that are absolute garbage. Yeah. So you probably get two teams from the Metro, right? That's what I'm thinking. Although I said that, and then I was like, well, Florida's going to be pretty darn good, I think. Mm. Okay. I'm starting to convince myself otherwise the second I say it. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually how the show goes. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Like, we're not, our notes are very, very brief. As we walk into this, so like, at least we know what we're talking about, but then filling in the substance from there, you're kind of like flying off the seat of your pants and you make a statement like maybe the Atlantic will be really good. And you go, well, hold the phone a second. You got to think it over a bit. Yeah, we'll see there. But that would be my one other question for uh, training camp is what we're getting out of Robin That's Leonard. Fair. That's going to be, oof. does he start? He starts the season, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Mitch. Let's get into uh, a hot topic in Islanders land. Old pal saying that sarcastically. Friend of the show. No longer friend of the program. John Tavares is even more unaware than I originally thought, Mitch. His programming doesn't cover this portion of of the league, I guess, or fandom. No. Mitch, he is hoping for, in his words, a warm reception when he returns to play the New York Islanders. From who? Does he say from who? The fans. Oh, that's stupid. Because he said that he knows how much they, they meaning the fans, mean to him, so he hopes they, oh like, we, he means a lot to us. Uh, well, you know, I, I, the, they mean a lot to me, so the that's my, my best John Tavares impression. Um, God, he's stupid. I... 
he he's dumb because if he really thinks that this is going to happen, he's just so unaware. Like everything that out of this guy's mouth, and we put up with it because of how good he was for the Islanders for all those years. Yeah. But he's he's just like this. He's so unaware of everything. He's a damn good hockey player. But God, okay, you think he's saying that to try to like plant seed, which wouldn't be dumb. That'd be really no, good to buy. No. Like, Okay, well maybe I can convince some. I've now created division, and I'm, I'm doing this on my camera, and all you're seeing is me like pointing towards my camera. Um, he's just planning that, like, well, there's some of us that don't feel so bad against him. Like, he did do a personal choice. I won't actually boo him. He's appealing to the sensibility in all of us. But I think it's way too late for that. <laughs> no, I think it makes it. I think it makes it worse actually because it it brings it up again. Yeah, sure, but how, right. I think it made it worse for the people who were already going to boo him. Um, But it was the people on the fence that he may have convinced to be not so aggressive. How many of those people are, exist? I don't know. I I don't think there's going to be many. He's going to be booed and booed booed viciously. Um, But the the reason I say from who at the start was that he's obviously going to get a tribute from the Islanders. Like he's going to get a a jumbotron. That's the, that is just, I know, like I'm not going to do it, Mike. I'm not Mike Carver level of hate for video tributes. I'm not. I actually like it. Like I thought, Hamannik deserved one when he came back. Calvin DeHaan deserves one when he comes back. But how it, everything ended, like the Islanders just would be so unaware because they're going to boo through the entire thing when it plays, and then you know they always zoom in on his face and then on the player's face, and he's going to be there like waving to the camera like a. Dope, and he's gonna get booze raining down upon him. They're gonna him. do it. Look, Lou's gonna do it. They're all gonna. He's gonna have it done. That's that's what classy organizations do. They take care of the fraternity, right? And the Islanders that I've been doing have been making leaps and bounds when it comes to at least their overtures to the um, what's the what's the word I want to look for here? It's the um, the alumni. Right when I spoke to Danny Podfain like two years ago, that's what he said. That the big difference—not even two years ago—it was last year, last season. Um, he said that the overtures that the current ownership are making and the, uh, how how they're reaching out to the alumni is a huge difference, or is a huge difference from previous regimes. So this ownership group, including well, Lou's not an owner, but like it's lump him into this kind of management group. They're not going to go and forsake a guy or not forsake, throw him under the bus just for to score like a, a couple troll points. They're not going to do that. They're going to give him the, the, the video. And if the fans want to boo, the fans want to boo. They, they're not going to control that. Uh, but they're, they're going to do what l- hockey teams do. Okay. Let's take this a step further. Okay. You know when they have alumni come back, like Mark Parrish has been showing his face. Like they had even Michael Pekka too last year. Like they can't bring John Tavares back. Well, uh, listen. If his career ended tomorrow, no, obviously not. But who knows how this saga plays out in the future? But as of now, no, you can't celebrate his legacy with the Islanders. No, no, you can't do that. No, like what? Even if, if he demands a trade back to the Islanders, like that, I don't. It's still like it, just everything that that happened this in June and July. It's over. It's like a messy breakup. Like it's you just never want to see that person a again. Very messy breakup, and I don't ever want to see them again. But if they come back because my dog ran away and they found it, and I don't know, there's always a scenario where it could be better. Not not back to where it was, but it could be better. 
Mitch, you're sounding like the guy who is late night scrolling through old Instagram pictures. This isn't good. <laughs> the drunk texts are we, coming, baby. Yeah. No, we want to walk you back. <laughs> you just cut all ties, block the number, block on social media. Come on, Mitch. Don't do it to yourself. It, I'm just saying it's... Don't, and it, the Islanders can't do it to themselves no, either. It's possible, right? There's a scenario where this is not as bad as it is now, but if the story ends today, no, you can't have him show up anywhere. Or and no, celebrate I think he, him. You can't celebrate him. What are you going to have him come as like court jester and everyone just makes fun of him and laughs? Like, of course they're going to bring him back and celebrate him, but they just can't. They can't do it. No, they can't do it. They can't do it. That would be that would be very foolish of them. They do do what you're going to do with the the jumbotron tribute video and move on after that. Then it's done. That's it. Don't do another one when they when they show up at Nassau in April. Don't do that. Oh my God! Imagine if they did too. Exactly right, because they're playing at Barclays on the twenty eighth of February, and then on April first they're in Nassau. So John Tavares's return to Nassau, his actual first home, does that merit too? Because he's now back to his roots. No, don't do it, Islanders. Just just the one, just the one. Get it over and done with <laughs> at shitty Barclays, and then once you get to Nassau, just nothing, just nothing. We're all good. Fair. Perfect. Okay, now that we get talked about that, let's go back to talking about players who are actually on the team. <laughs> that make us feel a little bit yeah. better. So, Pete Jensen, who writes for NHL.com, yeah. threw this out on Twitter, and I am in love with it, and I'm in love with it so much so that I want to talk about okay. it. He suggested some lines, the, the top six for the Islanders for this upcoming year, and I'll give you the top line. Yeah. And then it's the second line that's going to be the surprise. Okay. So Lee Barzell Eberly so isn't a too crazy. Uh, a minor surprise. Lee being on the top line isn't super surprising. Well, it just means we know who's at the second line. No, not no? necessarily. Okay. The second line. Yep. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bellows, Bovillier, Bailey. Oh, whoa. Wait, what? Bellows, Bovillier, and sorry, who's the last one? Okay, Bailey. The Triple Bs. The Triple Bs. And I'm here for it, and I love it. I would. I want Beauvillier to go back to center. I was a huge advocate, if you read my stuff on the website. Never read for it. The, for months on end. I, I Apparently so, because I wrote about this story already, <laughs> and you were shocked that I said Bell is his name. Um, I wanted the Bowl, the. Bellows, Beauvillier, Hosang, third line. Yes. For 2018, 2019. Talked about it a bunch. Yep. I am all in on a Bellows and Beauvillier line with Bailey. I think it would work well. I don't think the Islanders have a clear cut option right now for a second line center. I know Beauvillier is a little bit of a dark horse for that, probably behind Kovar and Nelson, but I love underdogs. I love Anthony Beauvillier, and I'm, I'm here for it, Mitch. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind Beauvillier at center at all. I really don't. Uh, I remember the game he played. It was against Pittsburgh, wasn't it, last year? And he played at center and he scored two goals. Or was that two years ago? That was his first year, so two years yeah, ago. Okay, I remember that, and I, I thought he looked great down the middle. He knew where to be. He knew how to position himself. He knew how to enter and exit the zone with the puck. He was a good puck carrier for the Islanders. Perfect. Put him in there, and then he never put him in there again. I don't understand. Um, but Bellows on the second line, left wing. 
Yes. I have I'm not. I'm not sold on that one. I am. Oh, I am shaky there. Okay, well then you could have a third line of Nelson Filpula Lad. Yeah, I I prefer that. Then, That's true. There you go. I'm going to talk you into yeah. it. And then a fourth line of, I'll even say Martin because I know how much yes. you love scratching Komarov. Do Martin Sizikas Clutterbuck as the fourth line. Yeah, I don't. Hmm. You like it. I don't I know you do. I don't mind it. I really don't, but my god. Would you rather Brock at center? No. No. We don't like Brock at center, Get Mitch. Brock out of center. I I can't deal with Brock at center anymore. Oh. Yeah, okay. I I I'm, yes, I'm only hesitant. I got him. Let's go. I'm only hesitant because we have no idea what Bellows is like at the NHL level and we're going to put him in at second line. But then again, they did that with Barzell. We didn't know what he was going to be like and boom, it worked out. So, you know what? Well, to be fair, didn't you just say that you want to put him in their role? Like, so if he did get a, a shot this year, it would be because of an injury to the top six? Yeah, I'm not talking about opening night roster either there. Well, what's the difference if he plays in October versus December? Because the I, the idea is that you're building the roster knowing that this guy isn't necessarily an NHL player, and I don't think he's an NHL player right now. So if he's there opening night rosters because you feel he's ready for the NHL today, and I don't feel he is. I think it would be better for his development to play in the NHL than the AHL. I'd like to see him in the, NA- the AHL and be dominant. Then, now, my dominance, I don't mean like scoring a point a game. I just mean, you know, a point every other game and just looking way too comfortable on the ice. And then it's like, yeah, okay. he's, he's, he's outgrown it. Done. We're good. Move him up. Huh. We'll see. I just I saw this line put out on Twitter by Jensen, and I had to talk about it because I'm a big Beauvillier guy. I like him at center. I know a lot of people are just strictly having play wing. I think he could handle being a middle six center, yeah. either second or third line kind of center. And I really don't want to see this job be handed to Brock Nelson on a silver platter. I can't. I, I can't deal I can't, with it. I can't. I don't want. Like I, I like. I really like Brock as a winger. I really do. With a good center, I really like what Brock can do. I don't like him as a center. I know that's his natural position. That's where he started. But you know what? There are so few center jobs in NHL that you just have to, some guys have to move to the wing. Look at Bo. I I love what he can do with Barzal. I don't want to break that up just because if we can get another 60-point winger just because of the connection of the two, ah, I don't want to give it up. But... If we can then get depth down the middle, and then you put, I don't know, like you said, Anders Lee top line, well, I'm okay with that. That's a 40-goal score. Yeah, like Lee, Barzal, and Eberle should be on paper. That sounds like a good line. We don't know how they play together really yet, but it should work. It should. On paper, that should work. And if you get... If you know that Bo is is good enough to be a second-line center in the NHL, then that's a pretty good one, too. And then even like a th- if Valtteri Filippo on, on third line, I'm not. I don't hate it. I don't like it. I'd rather someone younger. Like I'd rather Casey Zegas on the four, on the third line center job. I would much rather him there. Interesting. Uh, and then and then okay. your fourth line center is who cares? Who cares? It's your fourth line. You just got a guy who can compete. Valtteri Filippo, for example, throw him out here on your fourth line. Done. I like that. I'm going to disagree with you there okay. because I think that 
Uh, Filippo can give you more point production. I think he'd give you like 35. So can Casey. He hasn't done it, though. Filippo has. Sure, okay. Casey put up 29 points that one year. Um, didn't he put up... He was on pace, I believe, for 34 the year after that. So he put up 29 points in... 15-16, and then he put up 25 points in 16-17, but played 59 games. So in 59 games, he scored 25 points. 25 divided by 59 times, let's just say 80, because that's the most he's ever played in a season. 34 points. 33.89. So he wins. Okay, he, and you could probably live with that. Yeah, look, you're, you're willing to Depending put Philpula, who's wingers. already, what, how many, how many, how many ages... He's years older than he is within Casey. A lot. I guess it depends on who else you are putting on that third line. Like, I wouldn't want, like, who he's playing with now to become the Islanders' oh, third line. But God, if it, no. No, but it, I guess if it was, I don't know, Lad Sezikis Hosang, maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I don't love that yeah, line. you're but. right. I wouldn't put Hosang on a line. Although, maybe. Mm, no. But, like, a Lad Nelson Sezikis? I'm okay with that. I'm, le- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, le- I'm leaning towards like a lad, Sezikis Bailey. Okay. Oof. How many points out of Bailey that year? 35, 40? See, I'm hoping he could still be like, not 71, but if he can give you like 55, low 50s. Yeah. Okay. But I, I think what we're ultimately getting at is that we might have more flexibility down the middle than we originally thought. We thought it was Barzal, Sezikis. That's it. Those were our, those were our two good centers. And then between them, it's whoever is okay. But now it seems that we have a, not a plethora, but we have a few interesting options where Kovar is a, not a dark horse, but we don't really know an unknown quantity with a lot of potential. We have Bo, who we forgot about, who is a center, and you're going, okay, well, that's probably a 60-point center, depending on his line mates. And then Brock, who's not really much of a center. But that's two more options that we weren't considering. Good point. So do you think that we're a little bit better down the middle than we originally thought we were at the beginning of the year? No, I just think we have more mediocre guys (laughs) than we originally thought. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. So before we get into the questions from this week, do we want to talk a little bit about the game today? Yes. Okay. So from what I saw, which was literally just Twitter videos. Okay. uh, Josh Hosang looked pretty good. Yeah. I I watched some of it. I watched the full second and third period and and some of the first, like the few minutes of the first. And Hosang did look good. Uh, the Islanders were just not, they did not play well as a team. I don't know what the heck they were doing, but they had a few power play opportunities. They just didn't shoot the puck. I don't know what they were doing, but they were not ready to shoot on the power play. I don't know what the heck they were trying to do there. Okay. And that's a little strange because the, well, again, it's not really this the same guys playing, but the Islanders had a good power play last they did. year. This is Brent Thompson. Remember? Brent Thompson. So, yeah. um, yeah, Hossein looked good. He looked engaged. He gave, excuse me, a burp, the, the puck over at one point, and I was going, mm, people aren't going to like that, but it's once. It's once. Um, Bellows looked okay. The whole team looked kind of sluggish. They all looked kind of slow. Um, okay. Like, not cinder block slow, but just kind of 
a step behind the pace, which is fine. It's rookie camp. Like these guys are going to come flying out of the blocks like they're in midseason form. It's day one, Did, kind of. I know he was banged up. Did Del Cole play? I didn't notice him. Wait, so that's probably not. Yeah, not great. To be fair, also the volume off. Um, we were listening to music in in the room instead. My wife did not want to listen to hockey tonight. Um, she said September is too early for hockey. To which I venomously disagreed. What? Steph's a saint. Don't, don't do that to her. She deals with a lot with you, bitch. <laughs> I'll tell her you said that. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't. I didn't look out for his number. I don't necessarily know what his number is anymore. Do we know what Michael Del Cole's number is? It was seventy one now. Okay, well, I didn't see a seventy one. I think he he may have changed it. Maybe, anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, no, I I didn't. He didn't really stand out to me. I I didn't see if he was playing though. Probably not. Then I'm going to lean towards. Yeah, Dobson looked great. Dobson really looked good. He looked comfortable. He looked in control. He looked poised on the power play. He was always able to find the guy. But again. They just weren't shooting the puck. I don't understand. Like, there's so many opportunities for them to just get the puck on net. Just get it on net. Doesn't matter. And I know it's just a rookie's game. It's just a prospect game. It doesn't matter in the end. It's all about conditioning. But my God, just get it on net, boys. Yeah. I. You never like that, especially on the power play, too. Like, that's your opportunity to throw pucks on the net and make something happen. At one point, they were five five against three, and they're still having a hard time getting on net. That's rough. I don't... It's was... rough. Well, you, you said it was Thompson, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, okay, maybe that's a little bit of the explanation. Maybe. But... That's tough to see. But overall, I, I was excited. They looked okay they still they for for stretches they were dominant they really were they controlled the puck they controlled the play they were able to dictate the pace of play um they looked like they were they looked like a team they didn't look like just a bunch of rookies smashed together and we'll see what, what works out um so that was that was encouraging and listen wallstrom wasn't there right because he's out in the ncaa playing um so they were missing him uh they looked okay. I I like the look of them, but we'll see how it goes. Obviously, the obvious standouts: Hosang, Bellows, Dobson. The obvious standouts. Yeah, that's expected at this point, right? Yeah. And if Wallstrom was here, I'm sure he would have stood yeah, out exactly. And they were playing against a really good goalie in Carter Hart for at least the second period. Okay, I mean it's it's training camp. You can't read a whole lot into that's it. True. So I'm not going to get myself worked up over no, it, no, no. but it, it's good to see some of the bigger name prospects doing That's stuff. Right. Yes. All right. Want to get into some questions now, yes. Mitch? So like every right. week, we ask for some listener or reader questions, and uh, we got four. So first one is at DeHaas asking, will the Isles pack the Coliseum if they're not in the playoffs? And – Sorry, there's a the caveat here. This excludes the initial curiosity, so like the first game and the least game. I think they do. I think fans are excited about it. Pack it though? Like what's what's capacity? Thirteen yeah. some? Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe. Well, what do you say? Do you think maybe does pack it? Does it have to be a sellout every time, or could it just be like more than three quarters full? I because th- I think it'd be more than three quarters. I full. think he means like eighty to hundred percent full. That's packing it, right? Like three quarters. That's seventy five percent. Like that's that's quite a bit missing. Like twenty five percent of thirteen thousand is what? I can't do the math quickly. So thirteen k times point two five. That's thirty two hundred people missing. Oh, so less than ten. No, I think you're going to be about twelve million. Uh, not twelve million. Twelve thousand. Which makes sense. Per- like that's what they usually get for Barclays games, right? I think it was closer to ten. I thought. Sir, okay, ten between ten and and twelve. And if you're hitting the twelve, and it's closer, right? Because people don't have to commute all the way to Barclays. That should help. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty good. Obviously, the on ice product will dictate that a little bit, but I think you're going to get people coming out to Nassau. Just for convenience factor. I think so. I think the convenience and the novelty of it, at least for this season, is going to be huge. Um, and if they're any good, if they're in the playoff hunt, like even just close to a playoff hunt, then I, I think that'll help big time. Well, obviously that'll help big time. Well, like, what am I saying? Like, that's that's a no-brainer. If they're winning or close to winning, people are going to go. If they're terrible, bottom of the yeah. barrel, ain't no one going. Yep, I pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Okay. Next is from at BC96AL. I don't know if that's supposed to be. I guess that kind of looks like a Barzell. No, not really. Um, are we convinced Ryan Pulak is ready to be in the top pairing D? Where do we see... I'm sorry. Where do we see bringing in a D upgrade from a trade in terms of priorities? Please assume Isles cannot bring in Carlson and trading for Justin Falk is a terrible idea at any cost. He's not a fan of yours. I hate this guy. I hate the, whoever this guy is. I'm not a fan of his. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. So, first question. Are we convinced Ryan Pulak is ready to be in the top pairing D? Yes. Yeah, of course. Easily. God, absolutely. 100%. 1,000% he's ready. I'm ready. I I think it's time to move Johnny Boychuk off the top pair anyway, just because of he's getting up there in age. I think he'd be better suited on the second, or I would even go as far as say third pair. But I know you're probably more second pair. I'm a second pair guy. I understand the argument for third pair for for Boychuk, but I think take a minute or two off of Boychuk every night, and you keep him for another five ten games a season. Still not a full season, but you probably get seventy five games out of him. Yeah, right. Wouldn't you sign up for 75 games of Johnny Boychuk on the second pair? Yeah. I would, in a heartbeat. And keep in mind, you're paying this guy $6 million for the next three or four years? Uh, let's see. I believe it's three years. Three three years, including this yeah. one. So that's a lot of money. Actually, it might be four. And let, let's, let's bring it up here. So uh, while, while I look this up, uh, where do you see bringing in a de-upgrade from a trade in terms of priorities. So how high on the priority totem pole is trading for a defenseman upgrade or an upgrade on the defense? I think, see, I I know a lot of people are saying a left-handed defenseman. I would think a righty. And hear me out for why. I think you're good with Letty on the top. I think you want to play Taze and eventually hope that he is your second pair lefty shot. And then that leaves Hickey. So those three... I'm cool with. Mm-hmm. On the other side, I'm not sold with Mayfield being a regular. Oh, I am. So I would. Okay, that's where that's where we differ. So I would rather trade for a guy like Justin Falk or obviously Eric Carlson's a dream. 
but training for a top four quality right-handed defenseman, I think would really, really help out this Islanders team a lot. See, it might, it might. Like, obviously, if if you can get someone better than Scott Mayfield, you take it. But I like Scott Mayfield as a third pairing defenseman on the right. I like him. He adds offense. He's a big body. Um, he uses that body. And he's an intimidating presence on the ice. I like it. Um, P.S. Johnny Boychuk the next four years. So if we don't, we we pay him until twenty twenty one twenty two. Six million dollars. Oh. And he's currently yeah, thirty four years God. old. <laughs> yeah that's i see if we're still doing this in 2020 we're probably talking about a buyout yeah or and his salary doesn't necessarily drop anyways we won't get into that um as far as a priority i put it at a not a high priority a medium priority a priority is probably getting a second line center i would say okay right like better than i i, I really like Bo as, as as a winger i really do i like Nelson as a winger. I think that's the priority. I my biggest priority is clearing out some forwards. <laughs> and then for what I'm trying to get from what I'm trying to get back, I would say a defenseman first and then uh a forward. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, uh related to Pulak, we have uh, a question another question from Leo the Greek who asked us a question last week. I forget what it was. Uh, and he says, over under Pulak, 15 goals, 25 assists. So that's 40 points if I do the math right. Right? 35? Yeah. 40 points. I'm going to take a push on the goals. I think he comes in at 15 exactly. And I think he's going to be high 40s in points. So I'm going under in goals. I think he gets like 12. 12, 13. Okay. Um, 15 is fair. Like, I, I can see that, but I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't believe it. So let's say 12 goals, and, and I can see him getting 50 points. I really do. If he's playing top pair minutes, okay. he's going to play on the power play. He's going to get – and, well, of course, he's going to play on the power play. He's going to get some points. Yeah. I, I see him – I think I pegged it at 48 points when I did my uh, expectations or over under. Four. So I'm giving him 50 to 55 points this year. I would love that. Oh, that'd be amazing. That's thirteen point no twenty three point increase from last year. Let's go. Okay, last question. And then we're expecting the same from Bovillier too. Mm, Sorry. Yeah. Last question is uh, at Ramsey nineteen. Who becomes expendable on the first two lines if Hosang or Bellows shine at camp? I have an easy answer. Okay, Brock Nelson. No. Okay. I wasn't even going. I wasn't even thinking that, to be honest with you. But him, that yes, him. Yeah. But my other answer would who is more highly touted, I guess, Jordan Eberle. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Because here's yeah. why: one, you can get a lot for him in a trade. True. Two, you have Jordan Eberle and Joshua saying can play a similar style of game, meaning that they are a skill mm. player. Okay. Hold on. And then next year, Oliver Wallstrom is coming in also. He's a right winger. Yeah, that's true. I like the the, um, the Eberle call. I really do. Uh, I think you're right. You get a lot. You can get a lot more for him than if you try to get rid of Brock Nelson or Jan Kovar. But I think those are the first two gone. 
Yeah, that that makes sense. It, it does. I that ideology definitely but makes sense. But in the economics to, of who's worth more or who you can get more for, like more for, you're absolutely right. Like, yes, you can sign both Lee and Eberly, but I don't think long term that is necessarily the wisest move. And I would pick Lee over Eberly. And I was the other way at first, but now with Oliver Wallstrom here too, you have already Bailey locked up for a long term. You already have Cal Clutterbuck locked up locked up for a long time. So now that and then you have Hosang and Wallstrom, who I both want to see in this lineup. I am then now trading Jordan Eberly and getting a haul for him at the deadline, just like what the Rangers did with Rick Nash. Yeah, that's true. They got a huge package Boatload. for Rick Nash. So I am hoping for that same exact thing. I'm trading him to a contender, and I think the Islanders could get even more than what the Rangers got for Rick Nash. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, easily. I think they can easily get more for him than Rick Nash. And Rick Nash is essentially – did he retire officially? I don't think he officially retired. He's, like, taking a break or he's something. He's done some sort of retirement sabbatical. He's going he's gonna to retire. Uh, I'm sure of it. Uh, whereas Jordan Amberley is nowhere near retirement age. No, and then maybe you could get the teams thinking that they can get him to extend yep. when they trade him. Well, they'll probably ask for a Max Pacioretty guarantee, right? Yeah, probably, right? So, yeah, so I think you're right. Eberle probably goes first, and then some some order of Nelson Kovar, I think, I think is the answer, yeah. Ramsey. There we so, go. Thank you all for your questions. All of the questions. Love yes. it. Every week. Keep them coming. If you have something and you don't want to wait for us to ask for a question, just hit us up on Twitter at, at EyesOnIslesFS. Perfect. Now that you mentioned that, do you have anything for the social segment? Got nothing. Okay. That makes two of us. <laughs> it, it's been <laughs> pretty quiet. It's been pretty quiet. But that's because all the players are at camp, right? They're not doing anything. They're not instant, instaying or whatever you want to call it. Oh, actually, okay. I do have oh, something. there we go. Um, so the Jets were on Monday Night Football. Okay. And obviously I was locked into that. You'll see where I'm going yeah. eventually. There was a woman broadcaster on the call. Okay. And Jordan Everly sent out a tweet, and I didn't think of it until he said it, but it's so true. He said, when do they put Reba McIntyre on the call? Because her voice sounded exactly like Reba McIntyre, really? the country singer. Yeah. So that was a little funny tweet from Islanders player. So that counts as social Yeah, segment. that counts. Boom. Social segment, done. Yes. Stamp it. Mitch, with your outburst in the beginning, what I'll call it, we forgot to tease oh, yeah. our announcement. So now we just have to drop our announcement <laughs> at the end of the show. Good job, nice going, Mitch. <laughs> okay. So we do have an announcement. When we post it, we'll make sure to say that there's an announcement. Yes. So stay tuned to the end for the announcement. So here is that announcement that we were supposed to tease in the beginning. We are starting a Patreon. And what you'll be able to get from it is good content. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, because we already give you that good content. (laughs) What you're going to get is some good stuff. Right. So it's good. It's not going to be athletic necessarily, but you'll see. It'll be as good as athletic. One of the things. Certainly. Us talking about the island. Sure. Um, one of the things that you will get if you sign up for this 
is a mailbag thing. We started the, the last few shows by doing answering some questions, but it'll be more in-depth, like a full show on questions and the biggest talking points, I guess, that the listeners want to hear about. Yeah, and so... That'll be one of the yeah, things. And Go questions ahead. on anything. Anything you want. Anything under the sky. Like, what belongs on a, ke- on, on, on a ketchup? On a hot dog? Matt hates ketchup. He doesn't like tomatoes, it seems. I like ketchup. It just doesn't belong yeah, on a hot dog. A it goes person. on a burger. Um, nope, good. Why How I Met Your Mother is a terrible, terrible television show. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time okay. to get into all So all, all that kind of right stuff, now, that's part of the mailbag. And then we'll have something else along with that. Yes, and this is the big one. Yeah. And I'm really excited for this. So... One of the things that Islanders fans complain about is the lack of Islanders coverage, right? Mm-hmm. Where else can you go for post-game content? Nowhere. There's not a lot of outlets. So what we're going to do, for all 82 games, oh, baby, yeah. we will have a post-game podcast. Initial reaction from myself and Mitch, sometimes just one of us, and sometimes there might be a, a fill-in. There might be some surprises along the way. But you will have post-game reactions for all the New York Islanders regular season, and fingers crossed, playoff <laughs> Yes, games. big time fingers crossed. So, yeah, that's 80. So, uh, the way it breaks down is you're essentially getting, not essentially, but if you subscribe to the mailbag or if you, if you subscribe sorry if you subscribe to the post game content you're essentially getting a pod a day because with that you're getting a regular podcast that we do once a week like this one here you'll be getting the mailbag as well that we also do once a week so that's two and then the islanders typically play four to five times a week right maybe not five four times a week yeah so that's, that's six, six podcasts it's not exactly one a day that's pretty darn close to one podcast per day it's a lot of content that you could be consuming. A lot of Islanders-specific content. And fantastic debates like Mitch's poor food takes. Oh, really? Come on. Name me one more. One more of my terrible food takes, as you call them. You got none. Uh, I don't know. You like ketchup chips. That's not a terrible food take. That's an outstanding food take. I thought you were going to say, like, you don't like pie. I don't know. I couldn't think of one off the top of my okay, head. Well, you one. put me on the spot. I don't like pie. Okay. So, there. It doesn't really move the... Uh, how, about, actually, how about pumpkin pie? No, don't like it. Don't like any pie. With a little whipped cream? Pumpkin uh, pie, a little whipped, whipped cream? cream no, that destroys me. Oh, whipped cream, no good. Okay. So, there you have it. That's our big announcement. We'll tease it at the beginning of the show again. Somehow, we'll figure something out. Um, but we'll tease it when we actually... Put out the announce the uh, the post pod post on our show or on our show on our website, and then we'll continue teasing it until the season starts. Uh, we'll I think that's when we're actually going to launch the page. At the moment, it is not launched, but we're just kind of teasing it out. We're going to create a Patreon page. We're going to have two different tiers, three different tiers. One is just support us. One is the mailbag tier, and one is the post game tier where you get everything below that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm excited for it. Let's get some PSA stuff out of the way before we get out of here. But we were just excited to make that announcement officially for you. Make sure to follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS for Twitter. My personal Twitter account is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. 
You could also toss us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can also, wherever you listen to your podcast uh, or download it, uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff really helps with our searchability and stuff like that. So we appreciate all of that. And of course, you can download the app or visit the website eyesonisles.com or eyes on Isles in your Apple Store or Google Play Store. Yeah, good job. There you go. Good job by you. That's it, Mitch. Yes. Another episode in the books. Fifty six is done. Next or week, fifty seven. It's fifty six. <laughs> we're not conforming to any of these new rules. We were here before Lou. We'll be here after Lou. So we're gonna keep this thing going. Love it. All right. I'll see you next week. We will talk to you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.